0: Welcome to Make Me Watch It, the podcast where I watch one of the over 800 movies I own but have never seen, and you, the listeners, can tell me what I'm going to watch next. This month we're looking at Terminator Salvation, with an original release date of May 21st, 2009. This is the fourth out of five movies in the Terminator franchise. This is the only one I hadn't already gotten around to watching, mostly because I wasn't a huge fan of number three, aside from what I felt was a somewhat gutsy ending. And the summer of two thousand nine was a very competitive summer for movies for me. I just never got around to it, and the reviews didn't give me a huge incentive to go back and track it down. I did have enough of a collector's impulse that when I saw it in the discount DVD bins, I did grab it to help round out the franchise. And this is the last of the films tied for second place in the listener rankings. Now it was written by John Burn and Michael Ferris. They were writing team best known for their work on The Game, The Net, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, and Surrogates with Bruce Willis. Possibly their most notorious work is Catwoman. It was directed by Mick G. He's primarily known as a producer, particularly on Supernatural, Chuck the OC, and Nikita, but he also has 29 director credits to his name. A lot of those are music videos. In fact, his first directing job that wasn't a music video was as Charlie's Angels. They needed The Pilot for Fast Lane, the Charlie's Angel sequel, some made for TV movies, We Are Marshall, Pilot for Chuck, and then Terminator Salvation. His career has continued, including directing The Pilot and a subsequent episode of the new Lethal Weapon TV series. His most recent work is a film titled The Babysitter. McGee's work reminds me to some degree of Michael Bay, where it's not about the story, it's about the action and the spectacles more than anything else. There is some story here, but there's definitely a lot of spectacle in this film. As for the cast, we've got Christian Bale as John Connor. Now, if you've been listening to the movie podcast on Bureau 42 since the year prior to Made Me Watch It, when you're looking at silver screen superheroes, silver screen Superman, and notably big screen Batman, you will have already heard about star Christian Bale. So we won't go into too much detail on him here. Now, Sam Worthington played Jake Sully in Avatar, as well as Perseus in Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans. His fourth most popular work on the IMDb is this film, Terminator Salvation. He's got 49 credits to his name, including four upcoming Avatar sequels and The Titan. Moon Bloodgood plays Blair Williams, who's the love interest for the most part in this one. She was also in Falling Skies, The Sessions, Eight Below, and a few other titles. Now, Helena Bonham-Carner is also very well known. She was the Red queen in Alice in Wonderland, Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd, Marla Singer in Fight Club, or Queen Elizabeth in The King's Speech, as some of her 92 credits. For many people, she will be best known forever as Bellatrix Lestrange from the Harry Potter movies. She is closely associated with Tim Burton, as is composer Danny Elfman. Here she plays an employee of the Cyberdyne Corporation who convinces death row inmate Marcus Wright to have his body donated to their science experiments after he is killed by the electric chair on death row. Now, Kyle Reese was played by the late Anton Yelchin, who was about 20 when this was filmed, even though his character was a few years younger than that. He's known for Hearts in Atlantis, Fright Night, like crazy, but he's got to be best known for playing Chekhov in the recent J.J. Abrams reboot of the Star Trek franchise. Now, Jada Grass or Jada Grace, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, is star in this film. That is the work that she's best known for. It's her second of third IMDb credits. So we've got Three Verses, which is a short film. We've got Terminator Salvation, in which she's Jada Grace Berry. And now she's on the Jada Grace show as the title character, Jada Grace. Now that show started in 2012, so with only 12 episodes in her name, I'm betting there's only 12 episodes in the entire series. Bryce Dallas Howard is known for work in Gold, The Help, Black Mirror, and Jurassic World. She's also known to some as Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3. She was filmed but cut from the Last Twilight Saga movie when she played Victoria. She plays Kate Connor, the pregnant wife of John Connor, in this film. Now she is the daughter of Ron Howard, who has recently taken over the directing duties on the upcoming Star Wars Han Solo film. Now, Common the hip-hop artist, is also in this film, playing Barnes. He is best known for Smoke and Aces, Selma, and Wanted, as well as for his musical career. Jane Alexander was Virginia in this. She's got 74 credits to her name, including Kramer vs. Kramer, The Ring, and The Cider House Rules. So she's possibly the most decorated actress in the film. As far as decorated performers go, there's also Michael Ironside in this film, who seems just a little bit stiff and doesn't move his mech much. That's because he did the film with three cracked vertebrae after a roofing accident just before filming began. Now, he's best known for his work in Total Recall, The Machinist, Top Gun, and Starship Troopers. And the final notable cast and crew member up to this point is Terry Crews, who's best known now for Bridesmaids, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Everybody Hates Chris, and the Get Smart film. But he can also be found here playing Captain Jericho. So this movie was conceived as a very close look at the relationship between Kyle Reese and his new friend, Marcus Wright, without either of them knowing that Marcus is actually a Terminator that even has living organs inside him. It would have been much more focused on Marcus Wright's redemption arc, hence the name Salvation. That didn't happen. Christian Bale was originally interested in being given that part, but when he read the script, he decided John Connor was much more interesting, so they didn't just make him John Carter they expanded Connor's roles from something that just lasted the last few minutes to what was really the main character of the film. Unfortunately, it feels almost like they were lacking coherence by doing that. They were giving us John Connor scenes and showing us more of him, but he wasn't actually doing anything. He does ultimately get stabbed to the chest, and first, Marcus Wright endangers him by pulling out the rail that had impaled him, And second, he donates his own flesh and blood heart as an organ for John Connor to use. So that really would have been about redemption and salvation, but unfortunately just got derailed when the big bankable star, whose presence was expected to drive the box office enough to make it pay for its budget, wanted to play a different part. So the studio insisted on making that part larger. It makes sense, but ultimately what we have really should have had time for another draft. Because it feels like they're just giving John Connor stuff to do for the sake of getting him stuff to do. And even though he's got small victories, there's really no arc for Connor. The only arc is for Marcus Wright, who barely gets any screen time. Connor's just there going through the motions and not really having an impact on the final outcome of the story. As far as the production goes, there are some good moments, but the production is there to serve the story and to make sure that that is clear and compelling as you're going through. And While there are good elements to the production, things like prop and set designs, costume designs, and so forth, there's not a very coherent story for that production to help the filmmakers and the actors tell. This could be why it underperformed at the box office. The estimated budget is 200 million. While it did make about 52 million US in its opening weekend, or about a quarter of the budget, the eventual worldwide total for the film came in at about 371 million. So still shy of that 2 or 3 to 1 we look at. This is, thankfully, a Warner Brothers film. They don't spend quite as much on advertising as Disney or Pixar do. So they might have made some profit. It's probably closer to that 2 to 1 ratio between revenue and box office. And the 3 to 1 that we look for before movies are actually profitable, after you take care of things like expenses and that sort of thing. But I, I can't imagine that this really excited people to come back or produce Extremely positive word of mouth. It's not a bad movie. It's okay if you just want to watch some mindless Terminator action, but that's about all it does well. It was nominated for a few of the technical awards in terms of sound, costume design, that sort of thing. It didn't win any of those. It feels like if people are not engaged by the story, they're not engaged enough to look at the other scenery and figure out what else is going on. So, in the end, I couldn't recommend it to anyone with the most die-hearted dystopia or Terminator fans. Now as for the next film, there's actually 12 films tied for fourth place. Although of course the voting isn't closed yet. If you haven't voted yet and you're so inclined, you could just go create another vote. But right now the ties between Batman the Dark Knight returns, Blade 2, The 1940 serialized Captain America, John Connor, the 2005 King Kong, Oz the Great and Powerful, Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, Punisher War Zone, Sky Captain the World of Tomorrow, and Hunchback of Notre Dame. If you have any preferences, please go to bureau42.com and follow the link to voting on the bottom right-hand side. In the meantime, thank you for listening.